This audio presentation was pre-recorded and edited for brevity and clarity. Hello, my name is Michael Buckley. I'll be your host for today's Bright Focus chat. Today's topic is drug interactions, their impact on AMD and your health. We'd like to welcome our speaker today. Joining us today is a, a veteran guest on the Bright Focus chats, Dr. Gayatri Riley from the Retina Group of Washington. It's a large practice in the Washington, D.C. area that specializes in retinal conditions such as macular degeneration. In addition addition to treating patients, Dr. Riley has dedicated her career to research in ophthalmology. If today is your first time joining us for Bright Focus Chat, we want to welcome you. Let me take a little moment to tell you about Bright Focus and what we'll do today. Bright Focus Foundation is a nonprofit that funds some of the top researchers in the world. We support scientists that are trying to find cures for macular degeneration, glaucoma, and Alzheimer's. We share the latest news from these scientists with families that are impacted by these diseases. We have a number of free publications and plenty of materials on our website, brightfocus.org, that offer tips for living with diseases such as macular degeneration. Today's Bright Focus chat is another way of sharing this information. And while we're on the topic of materials that we share for free, uh, right after the new year, we're going to have a new uh, free publication called Healthy Living and Macular Degeneration. Tips to Protect Your Sight. Again, that's Healthy Living and Macular Degeneration, Tips to Protect Your Sight. Uh, It's going to be available right after the new year. Let's turn to our guest, uh, returning guest, Dr. Gayatri Riley. Um, Dr. Riley, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, I'm glad to be back again. I'm excited to talk for the next uh, uh, half, half hour, 45 minutes, and hopefully answer as many questions as I can. Well, great. Let's start. Let's start sort of a, a big picture, sort of setting the table for today's discussion. The topic of drug interactions. I was wondering if you could tell us um, how how much of a of a concern should this be for people, and you know, if if it is a concern, how big picture do you think people should best best address the topic of drug interactions, um, particularly as it relates to AMD? Well, you know, I mean, I think we know that as as uh, patients are getting older and older, they're on a variety of medications prescribed by their internists, and then we have, you know, subspecialists also pres- prescribing medications. And and one thing we know about somewhere somewhere between five and ten percent of hospitalizations uh, for patients over uh, the age of sixty five are due to um, adverse effects from drugs, and and even if they are appropriately prescribed. As we get older, certain side effects become um, more pronounced, and when you have an additive uh, amount of these uh, adverse events, they can certainly affect uh, patients as they get older and end up causing hospitalizations for multiple multiple days, not just an emergency room visit. So it's a concern that we all have as physicians to make sure that you know we're not prescribing drugs that have. Um, uh, you know, significant adverse event, events, but importantly, that they don't um, interact with other medications that the patients already are on. And that's where, in particular, um, you know, we ask patients to bring a list of medications uh, so that it doesn't matter whether you're visiting your your eye doctor or if you're visiting um, any any physician because all of the medications uh, that you take are, are so, so important to to be reviewed yeah, well, that's a great point. It's a, it's a it's a shockingly high number, five to ten percent of um, hospitalizations. I really think it, it underscores the you know how important it is to take it seriously. And I'm going to follow up on your point about bringing a list of prescriptions. Um, 
think for a lot of people, the names of prescriptions are, are very long and hard to spell and hard to pronounce. Um, any tips on you know for what people should do when they they find the names a little a little complicated? Sure. So I mean that's where we have a couple of options. Number one, your pharmacist. Um, the pharmacist, if you know, they're able to print out. Um, uh, the, the name of the medication, mo- the common adverse effects of these medications, and they can just put this all on a single sheet of paper um, for the patient. If the patient does uh, have some family who can help them out with just you know making a list, the important thing about these medications is that it's not just prescribed medications. We all know that there's also over-the-counter medications and, and herbal supplements and other things that you don't need a prescription for that can also cause some adverse effects. So, I mean, that's where if we can get family involved, that's ideal um, to help because, uh, you know, these these names are hard for physicians as well. It's just a matter of being able to uh, uh, transfer, you know, from from the the bottle. But the pharmacist can, can certainly help as well. They, they really um, are looking out for the patients and, and want to do everything that they can. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that when we talk about low vision as well. Sure. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. And let's just uh, start off with that, that point you mentioned about over-the-counter. Uh, uh, we hear people who sometimes take baby aspirin uh, for, for AMD or regular aspirin, um, or maybe not, not for AMD, but, but take that um, you know, uh, parallel. Um, there are concerns that people should have about um, aspirin or Advil, Tylenol, that, that sort of Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, one thing we kind of don't always alert patients to is that in addition to aspirin, um, when you're taking ibuprofen and Advil and and these over-the-counter medications, they they have um, a blood-thinning effect. And um, that can certainly be, you know, an important thing to mention if you know you're you're taking, you know, 600 milligrams of, of ibuprofen every single day because that can certainly impact um, your blood clotting ability. But in general, you know, aspirin and all of the blood thinners, uh, whether it's Coumadin, uh, which also goes by the name Warfarin, or uh, the newer medications, Zoralta, um, all of these medications do the same thing, which is thin the blood. And when it comes to macular degeneration, it's a little bit tricky. We know there's, you know, the two kinds of macular degeneration, dry and wet. And one thing that characterizes wet macular degeneration is bleeding. And so intuitively, you know, there's a concern that if you're getting bleeding in the eye and you're you're on a blood thinner, would that cause more bleeding? And we've had a lot of research done in this. And, And basically, you know, most of the conclusions have been that when um, you know, you're, you're taking these uh, the aspirin and, and all of these blood thinners to decrease your risk of overall mortality, um, you know you're, you're trying to reduce cardiovascular events like heart attacks and, and strokes by um, you know as much as 25% by just taking uh, aspirin. That the overall risk of having um, increased bleeding from macular degeneration is is very low, and in fact the the there is, you know, when you're comparing it to patients who are not taking aspirin at all, there's there's probably a slightened risk of having more bleeding. But um, when you take it into account for the overall person and the overall risk of heart attacks and strokes and overall uh, survival, um, most retina specialists feel very comfortable with their patients continuing on um, an aspirin or 
um, you know, blood thinners as well. And in fact, you know, I've had patients who have come into the office who have taken themselves off of aspirin without even discussing this with either myself or their primary care physician. And that's where we can run into some problems because sure. sometimes, you know, because it becomes so commonplace that, you know, almost everybody over a certain age is on, you know, aspirin, there's, there is research and there's a lot of reason bef- behind why they're on that medication. Yeah. And so, um, you know, for for us as, as retina specialists and, and kind of taking care of the overall patients, uh, most of us are very comfortable with patients to continue to use their aspirin, even if there might be this slightened risk of bleeding. Yeah. No, I'm glad you mentioned that. And it certainly underscores the importance of, of not, not freelancing, not, not reaching uh, conclusions that are, you know, should be best, uh, you know, discussed with a with professional, and you know, kind of um, staying on that that theme of the the blood thinners and and some prescription medications. Um, I I would assume that that a lot of uh, your patients uh, are on statins uh, such as Lipitor to reduce cholesterol. Are there are there um, concerns that patients and do- doctors should discuss discuss under those conditions? Yeah, and you know, actually, most interestingly, there was a um, recent uh, publication. It was just this past past year, I believe, in two thousand and last year in two thousand and fifteen, that um, looked at actually high dose statins, um, higher dose than most typically is given to, to patients for their cholesterol, and they found that for dry macular degeneration, there might even be a benefit from it. Um, so I certainly have had many patients on statins, and you know, basically. For me, I try to I, I work with the primary care physician. I think that overall, there's very very little concern for wet macular degeneration and statins. And overall, I, you know, I don't recommend changing dosages for dry macular degeneration yet. But there is a potential that, in fact, um, certain dosages of statins might be helpful for for drusen or or the more common findings that we see in, in dry macular degeneration. Well, no, that's that's very really, really interesting, and Bright Focus uh, supports a number of of, uh, of researchers that are going in that area, and it it really is it, it is exci- interesting to see to, to see some possible connections. I want to to move on to blood pressure medication. I assume that that's very common among um, uh, uh, your patients. Is there any um, uh, impacts on blood pressure blood pressure medication in AMD? Um, overall, um, you know, we, we I, I recommend keeping all um, blood pressure medications that the primary care physician has started them on um, to be continued because similar to not just just in uh, macular degeneration, the overall blood pressure control is so vital for eye health in general. And um, there really hasn't been any um, concerns with any uh, blood pressure medications for any negative effects with specifically macular degeneration. But again, similar to the statins, if anything, you know, having um, well-controlled cardiovascular status is, is really important for your overall eye health. Yeah, no, I certainly certainly agree. And how about um things like prednisone or other other steroids? So steroids are are really interesting for the eye. Um but, but basically steroids um have such an overall effect on the immune system that um for each person there is uh, a little bit of a variety of kind of an effect that we see. We don't see 
any uh, direct effects of prednisone to um, affecting both dry or wet macular degeneration. But prednisone can cause um, a, a different condition that can affect your macula. And, and this is where kind of discussing which medications have been added or um, have changed with your um, ophthalmologist is really important because sometimes you don't even you know, recognize that you might be on a medication that can do something else. Uh, there's, there's a separate condition in the eye that um, can sort of sometimes look similar to macular degeneration that can be um, exacerbated with uh, any oral steroid such as prednisone. And um, sometimes, you know, you don't even realize you're on a steroid. It can come in a form of an inhaler for your asthma treatment or um, a cream, you know, a hydrocortisone cream as well. So, um, you know, usually uh, for macular degeneration, there's not much of a concern for steroids. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that that it could be found in, in an inhaler or a cream. It may be things that people don't know. People maybe too narrowly define what a prescription is, that it's something, you know, from the pharmacy with the, with the label on it. Um, in terms of um, vitamins or any other supplements, are those... Um, uh, things that that people should share should share with their with their uh, eye doctor. Yeah, I mean both. Um, you know, vitamins are always get tricky because um, they're available over the counter, and you know you can be taking um, you know what you think would be helpful, such as you know St. John's Wort or like a ginkgo biloba extract and these you know medicinal herbs, which also can interact with your other medications. And we know, you know, for dry macular degeneration, the the vitamins that we uh, recommend, um, vitamin C, vitamin E, uh, zinc, copper, and um, lutein and zeaxanthine. And, you know, you, you have to keep in mind how much of each of these, met, you know, each of these vitamins you're getting. And all of those vitamins that we find in the ARIDS 2 formula have been assessed to be safe when you're taking a daily multivitamin. But, you know, if you're taking, you know, an extra um, vitamin for, you know, vitamin C, then you're getting not only your multivitamin, but you're also getting your ARIDS vitamin C, plus you're taking an extra supplement of vitamin C. So all of these things have to be um, always discussed and, and, if possible, just written down in terms of dosages and things to make sure, you know, patients are not getting too much or... Um, you know, has yeah. have had any potential interaction with other medications. Sure, and I was thinking the the with age related diseases, you you probably encounter um, patients that have arthritis or or related um, conditions. Um, how does that um, impact any medicines that they may have for AMD or just the the overall course of of where their their AMD goes? Sure. So, you know, arthritis is hard. Uh, you know, it, we've had, there's been so many new medications that have been able to um, better treat uh, conditions like rheumatoid arthritis. And, and there are medications that similarly to the steroids can affect your immune system, um, such as hydroxychloroquine and um you know medications like Plaquenil, which is similar to which is hydroxychloroquine, um, that can affect your macula. And the the key difference is that you know, in general, um, there's no direct correlation between these medications and in, in either dry macular degeneration or wet macular degeneration. But we know that similar to what I was explaining with the steroids causing other. Um, macular problems, uh, medications like Plaquenil or hydroxychloroquine can cause 
um, other macular problems as well. So it's the same idea of sort of discussing how long you've been on a medication, what's the dosage, and whatnot. Well, great. We have our first question um, I want to share with the share with you. It's Arlene from New York understands that that there's um, vitamin C and vitamin E. E is in Edward. Vitamin C and vitamin E in that ARIDS formula that, that you mentioned. Um, she's wondering: um, Are there any uh, negative effects from taking a a much larger amount of vitamin C or vitamin E? And that's that's a great concern, and these are these are questions that almost every day you know patients have, and uh, I'm really glad you asked that question. And the thing was is that the the studies that looked at these vitamins, um, these involved you know over four thousand plus you know patients taking these medications, and the precise dosages of all of these medications have been um, very precisely. Uh, tested to make sure that not only is it beneficial for the eye, but it's not causing any harmful effects um, to to the overall body. And the, mo- the most common concern that we get is is with both zinc and vitamin E. So vitamin E, there was you know a few years back, and it, it has sort of been now. Uh, kind of disproven in the literature, but there was concern of having too much vitamin E could be har- harmful to your cardiovascularly, and um, and in the concern of getting 400 international units of it in the AREDS vitamins plus a multivitamin, would there be any concerns of that? And, that, and like I said, that, that's really long been um, kind of disproven, that these are still safe uh, and, and recommended dosages. Uh, zinc was um, decreased in the AREDS2 formula, um, not necessarily because it was, uh, you know, harmful, but it does tend to cause a little bit more GI upset, and you can get some indigestion, you can get um, some stomach discomfort from uh, having uh, too much zinc in, in, in it. And they were able to find in the AREDS2 study that that lowering that dose of zinc still allowed for having its beneficial effects for the macular degeneration without having quite as much uh, uh, toleration issues. That's good to know. Um, Dr. Riley, we've had a few questions come in about chemotherapy. Um, uh, One question was wondering if um, chemotherapy can make someone's AMD worsen. Another person was wondering if chemo um, can cause the onset of of AMD or other vision problems. Um, Would you care to comment on those? Sure. Um, You know, there's... All of the chemotherapy medications that um, that have been out so far, nothing has been found. Certainly not to cause macular degeneration, whether it's the dry form or the or the wet form. So that you know, patients can certainly be reassured about. Um, and there are a lot of side effects um, to the chemotherapy medications, and a lot of them do involve you know, blurred vision and and some decreased vision and they can affect the optic nerve of the eye. So these are really important medications to discuss. But fortunately, um, when it comes to macular degeneration, none of the chemotherapy um, agents are uh, considered to be uh, concerning or harmful for macular degeneration. Well, that's good good to know. I'm sure that... um... Well, you know, people have many concerns during that time, so that's very helpful. Um, uh, we have a question from Anita from Maryland. One just go wants to go back to the point you made about zinc uh, a moment ago, and wondering if um, she could take lesser amount of zinc um, 
if uh, gets the if she gets the zinc um, through through other supplements. Because I know this is this is relating the the point you made a minute or two ago about the arids too. Um. So, so the question is, in if you take um, additional zinc supplements. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, you know, it, it's one of those things that you already have less uh, amount of zinc. It's down to 25 milligrams of zinc in the ARITS-2 formula. Um, there are some formulations um, of ARITS-2 vitamins that come without zinc, um, but there's really, there's you know, the original formulation had 80 milligrams. So you have quite a room for being able to tolerate it, assuming that, you know, you don't have too much uh, GI discomfort. Um, but is the difference in the ARIDS vitamins with the zinc is that you also have copper inside of it. And the copper is actually not meant for the any protective or any benefits for the macular degeneration, but it's to help prevent any anemia that you can get as by taking zinc supplementation. So that's the one thing I would sure. recommend being careful is that you're taking zinc in a different formulation that you're still getting copper that will prevent anemia. Yeah, well, thank you. That's, that's a good a good, uh, good clarification. We have a few questions about kind of day-to-day food and drinks, um, uh, such as grapefruit juice or other, other type of juices. Any, any concerns people, people should have related to, uh, to their AMD? No, um, I, I think that, you know, most of the time, you know, when it comes to supplement and drinks and things, everything's within moderation as long as you're not having excessive quantities of, of any of these drinks. Um, there's really not much to be concerned about. Sure. And would that carry over for something like, um, uh, like, like an athletic drink, like a Gatorade or a Powerade that, that people who, who exercise frequently uh, would want to have? Yeah, and and I mean, when it comes to the Powerades and, and Gatorades, there there's an implication that you know you're you're devoid of electrolytes when you're trying to replenish those electrolytes. So it's the same kind of you know caution that you you want to be making sure you're not taking you're not using that just as a you know your replacement for water because you you really are trying to replace electrolytes lost in sweat and and during that exercise. So if you're not you know, exercising, you're just drinking a whole lot of Gatorade or Powerade. Um, besides having a lot of uh, sugar, um, you're also having extra electrolytes that you've not lost along the way. So once again, same idea of having everything in moderation is, sure. is reasonable. Yeah. But Yeah, no, I certainly agree. In terms of moderation, it gets to uh, uh, a very timely question at the holidays, and that's alcohol. Um, what? Um, uh, how should people manage alcohol in relation to their AMD and and, um, and medic- medicines they may be on for AMD? So for AMD, you know, there's in moderation, there's no harmful effects of alcohol. There are other um, prescribed medications that may have interactions with alcohol. So um, from a, a macular degeneration and, and ARIDS vitamins point of view, there's not any concern for a moderate amount of alcohol or liquor, but they certainly should be mentioning it to their primary care physicians to make sure any of the other medications that they're taking doesn't have any problems. Sure. Yeah, and I appreciate that. And I think it it underscores the importance of being honest when when a physician asks about alcohol or or tobacco use. Absolutely. I mean, you know, these questions are not designed to be... um, you know, uh, trying to to get too personal or anything. It, it's literally these questions are designed for for the patient's safety. 
Yeah, no, that, that that's good to know because I know that that I'm sure for some that could be a, a slightly uncomfortable moment in a in a conversation. Um, uh, we have a question about um, uh, how some of the complications of AMD, more in terms of of, of things like falling, and are there medications that that might increase um, the you know com- complications such as such as falls. Yeah, there are definitely medications, um, especially with the elderly, that increase your risk of falling. And um, it can be as simple as, you know, hypoglycemic medications, medications if you're taking because you're diabetic and you're trying to um, lower your glucose. And if that gets too low, then that can certainly be a concern for falls. Um, Other medications, blood pressure medications, if, you know, you're you're too um, hypotensive and blood pressure is too low, that can be uh, a concern concern for falls. Um, Other medications are um, sometimes medications that are prescribed for nausea, um, very commonly used, but can also affect uh, your overall sense of balance and things. And in general, for, for macular degeneration, you know, any, any falls or trauma can certainly be a risk for any, and bleeding, but, um, you know, you want to make sure that, um, you don't uh, limit the ability to to, to kind of function um, by going through, you know, every single medication. But a lot of these medications do um, interact with one another to kind of cause some dizziness and and off balance. Yeah, no, I'm sure that's going to be a real a real challenge when there already is vision uh, complications. We've got a question from Janet from California. She has. Um, Graves' disease and also takes medicines for um, for asthma. Are there any uh, interaction issues um, she should be concerned about? Uh, no, um, you know, as I mentioned, you know, sometimes in asthma medications there can be a little bit of a steroid medication, but um, for macular degeneration, neither one of those medications for either your thyroid or, um, in general, kind of asthma should be any concerns. Macular degeneration is, fortunately, now we've had uh, such a large amount of patients with it with on a variety of different medications that um, as long as nothing is changing, you know, I wouldn't be overly concerned. No, I appreciate that. Um, we have a question. Uh, someone from Ohio is wondering about artificial sweeteners. Um, and they, they've heard, wondering if that can, can affect your, uh, your eye health. Um, artificial sweeteners, um, are difficult because there's there's so much that we're still learning about the effects that the artificial sweeteners can cause systemically. Um, for in general eye health and macular degeneration, there's no concerns um, that I'm aware of that I've come across. Um, but in general, the artificial sweeteners we know have a very um, somewhat kind of confusing effect on insulin on the body and um, you know, for diabetics, it's certainly uh, a concern because it, it alters how your body is perceiving um, sugar. So uh, for macular degeneration, um, not to be any concern, but for, for patients who have diabetes, it's something to certainly follow with your primary care physician. Sure. I appreciate that. And we have time for a few more questions. And um, we have a caller wondering about um, dry eye and any type of lubricants for, for dry eye. Um, how does that uh, impact, if, if at all, um, uh, AMD? 
Well, it doesn't directly impact AMD at all, which is which is good. But we know that when um, you know you're suffering from dry eye, it makes your your vision even worse. And um, when when you're seeing worse, that's when it can certainly predispose you to having you know other problems like falls and and other uh, low vision issues. But there's no direct impact in general, especially as we enter the winter season. The air is very dry, and and very commonly dry eyes are at its worst right now and over the next couple yeah. of months. So, you know, lubricating the eyes with uh, uh, artificial tears are certainly the way to go, but there's no direct impact on macular degeneration regarding uh, dry eyes. That's good. That's good to know. Another question um, that we were wondering is, you know, you, you talked about the importance of sharing the, your prescription, the names of your prescriptions and dosages. Um, what about for people that, that may find the print uh, on the prescription label, a little small or kind of smudges or, or fades away over time. Any any suggestions for how uh, people can best um, best manage that? Yeah, definitely. And that's where your pharmacist can be a huge help, as I was kind of mentioning earlier. Um, the pharmacist doesn't have to print out the medication on you know with that that. Uh, tiny, tiny print that you can you can barely see, even if you can see very well. Um, they can make these labels into large print. They can they can make it um, uh, much more legible. They can print out a completely separate sheet that has the name of the medication and the dosage um, on it. So there's a lot of things that. Um, uh, the pharmacist can help you with, and then um, also you can try to. Um, you know, identify each medication by, you know, whether you can kind of color code some things, and, and family can certainly help um, with doing this sort of thing. But having a good list of all your medications, and I've had patients who bring literally exactly what the pharmacist prints out, and granted, it has every adverse event possible, but it has the name of the medication, it has the um, dosage of the medication, you know, the most common adver- adverse events, all just on one piece of paper. And then they, you know, it also say, you know, they're using it twice a day. And, and they have a page for every single medication. And, and that's just terrific to be able to know exactly how often somebody's taking something. And, and for both patients and physicians, it's very helpful. Yeah. Well, that, no, I'm glad you mentioned that. I think it, it, it to me, it reinforces the the importance that you said earlier of really good communication with your pharmacist because I know a lot of us, uh, you know, when you're at the pharmacy counter, it can be hot and crowded, and you you know you feel bad about backing up the line or or, or whatever. But I think it really shows the importance of 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 taking the steps that you need to to get the information that you that you need. So I really appreciate you sharing. And the color coding was just a wonderful suggestion. We'll we'll be sure to to, to share that with, with people here. What I'd like to do is just a couple housekeeping items and then turn to Dr. Riley just for some concluding uh thoughts. First, as I mentioned earlier, um, right after uh, the holidays, we will have a brand new free publication here called Healthy Living and Macular Degeneration, Tips to Protect Your Sight. And it's a it's a great resource that, that gets into a lot of these um, day-to-day um, uh, life uh, questions um, in, as far as um, protecting your sight. Uh, Dr. Riley, I'd like to just, just uh, conclude today's call, which I think has been really helpful. I think you provided a lot of very good um, Hands-on uh, tips for people as they interact with their with their physicians and their pharmacists. And just want to conclude in your years of 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 being in practice. Is there sort of a a big picture bit of advice that you'd like to 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 pass on to to patients uh, about living with um, 
the, you know, protecting their site or how to make their uh, interactions with their physician most uh, most effective. So, just sort of a uh, big picture advice from from your career perspective. Sure. You know, I have noticed there has been a shift for the positive, and and it's it's really encouraging the direction that things have gone in terms of um, improving communication between physicians, amongst physicians, and between physicians and patients. And um, I think, you know, the most important thing is that, you know, patients are their best advocates, and, you know, having information like we've, we've been talking about over the past you know, half an hour is super important so that you can ask your physician, you can ask your um, eye doctor, you know, am I on any medications that might potentially be a problem? Or I have concerns about being on an aspirin and I have, you know, macular degeneration. Is this concern valid? You know, these are, um, no matter, you know, how rushed it might seem the physician may be, these are the things that um, you, you know, you're your best advocate for. And I feel like that's improved um, so much over the past few years. And we've we've seen that, you know, with electronic medical records and, and things where the communication is, is getting there. We still have a lot more ways to go with making sure everybody understands which medications everybody's on and, and what concerns they have. But it's all headed in the right direction. But I really think that more than anything, all this information is just kind of empowering. And, and it allows you to ask the right questions, right, so that you're not... Um, you know, you're having a conversation for at least the, the, the five minutes of your doctor's time to be guided and kind of well-educated and, and trying to get the most out of that visit. Otherwise, you know, you know, it's hard from our side of things as, as a physician to know what the concerns that you might have is. And um, it, it's been a really positive shift where patients bring in a list of questions. And it's, it's hard when you're on the spot to think of everything that you have concerns about. But, you know, when you have a list of two or three questions with you, then you know that, you know, I've, I have this question and it gets answered and, it, you know, you can move on from it. But having that organization and recognizing that, you know, you need to know these things and, and understand why, you know, why you are concerned about, um, you know, being on a statin and macular degeneration. So I, I think I've, it's been fortunate for me that I've gotten to see things improve over the past few years and hopefully continue to improve that way. Yeah, no, that's, that's that's great advice, and I really I think it 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 shows the the importance of taking responsibility for your health, and and you know for better or for worse, there's no shortage of information out there out there nowadays. But to 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 do the to do your homework and and to prepare, I think that's I think that's that that's really helpful, and and um, you know working with um, you know definitely appreciate your point about about the partnership. Uh, with the pharmacist and and sharing and you know going to the pharmacy counter uh, prepared and and you know comfortable speaking up for for what you need as well. So this has been this has been fantastic and uh, I just want to thank you very much, Dr. Riley, for uh, for for answering our questions today. And so this concludes the the chat. I just want to thank everybody for for being with us today and and uh, and and throughout the year. So if there's anything we can do to help you, feel free to call us anytime at 800. 800- Four three seven two four two three. That's eight hundred four three seven two four two three. You can find us on the internet uh, at brightfocus.org, and a lot of our, our materials are there. So, uh, Dr. Riley, just um, thank you for joining us today, and on behalf of all of us at Bright Focus, um, thanks so much for being helpful, uh, and wish you uh, uh, best of the holiday season.
Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Hopefully, I'll be back again. Thank you. Uh, look forward to that. Thank you. Bye-bye. This concludes today's Bright Focus chat. Thanks. The information provided in this recording is a public service of Bright Focus Foundation and is not intended to constitute medical advice. Please consult your physician for personalized medical, dietary, and or exercise advice. Any medications or supplements should only be taken under medical supervision. Bright Focus Foundation does not endorse any medical products or therapies.